Hello and welcome to this gaming episode of Recorded. I'm social media journalist Faisal Salah and with me is my gaming colleague and deputy chief sub-editor Michael Coetzee. Today we'll be judging and assessing the rollout of the next generation of consoles from Sony and Microsoft. The PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and Series S were released in the middle of November of 2020. Some say they can't believe it's been that long since the launches. Others feel like the new consoles have been with us for much longer. Which side you fall on probably depends on which of the new consoles you bought, or whether you were able to buy one at all. There have been rollout issues, uh, reports of shops running out of stock, and angered gamers who would not get their hands on the new consoles. It's fair to say that the launch of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and Series S did not go as well as Microsoft or Sony would have wanted. But both consoles have sold extremely well, and there seems to be general agreement that we have two extremely capable machines that can power a new generation of games. So before we talk about the PlayStation 5 and the new Xbox console, let's talk about the most exciting games available or coming out soon. There is a lot of games to look forward to, and I think there's at least a couple games we can talk about. Uh, I'm going to start with talking about the new Resident Evil game. Uh, How do you feel about the new Resident Evil game, Mike, and how excited are you to play it? I'm very excited. I've played the demo a few times. I think it's one of those cases, almost reminds you of many years ago when demos were a big thing and you'd play a demo again and again. That hasn't really happened in a while until Resident Evil 5, which I think is an indication of just how excited people are. Yeah, it's going to be a big game. And and what do you think is going to be uh, another big game people will look forward to in the next couple of months? On the Xbox side, definitely Halo Infinite. Um, It's the first big Halo game in quite a while. It's going to have free multiplayer. And if anything is going to help the Xbox catch up in sales to the PS5, it's going to be Halo Infinite. So we've decided on a simple rating system to judge how well these consoles were released. There will be three categories to judge on. Ease of purchase and availability, launch games and current games, and ease of transition from the last generation to the new generation. These categories will be judged out of five. Let's start with the first category, ease of purchase and availability. And I think here the first thing we need to talk about is just how hard it's been to get your hands on a PlayStation 5. Yeah, as, as uh, you remember, if you listen to our episode pre-launch of both consoles, you'll remember that I said I will wait at least a month or two to get the PlayStation 5 because it seemed to me at least at the time that the pre-order process was an absolute mess. Now, this seems to have backfired because the back orders and the waiting list for PlayStation 5 ha- has been endless. Uh, There have been uh, inflated prices on existing PlayStation 5 consoles. And for you uh, to get a console with the normal asking price seems to be that you have to wait at least two to three months to get your hands on it. But I know that you've purchased both consoles because you pre-ordered both of them. Is that correct? That's right. I actually was part of the second batch of pre-orders for the PlayStation 5. But a few days after I placed my order, I received an email saying that I won't be getting one on launch day, but only some months later, which left me quite disappointed. But then on launch day, it arrived um, quite unexpectedly. And um, I was, of course, quite happy about that. I'm going to have to give it a two out of five. It was not impossible to uh, get the, the console. It seems like a lot of people did get it. I have friends who have it, but it was not easy. I can't call it easy. So I, I can't give it any more than a, than a two out of five. How, how would you say 
Uh, is that fair? I think so. I think two is okay. Um, I'd even consider a one, but let's go with two. It's just that there's still a lot of people worldwide who just cannot get their hands on a PlayStation 5 at the moment. And if you just go on Twitter, you'll see it's a daily complaint. Now, a lot of people argue it's because the demand for the new Xbox consoles was not as high as the PlayStation 5. Now, you tell me, when you pre-ordered and when you received your Xbox, how easy was that process? That was very easy. I didn't have any issues. I know some people in the U.S. have had issues similar to the PS5 issue, but not as bad. But in general, worldwide, and especially in the UAE, there doesn't seem to be any issues and weren't any issues getting your hands on either of the new Xboxes. I think uh, the Xbox earns itself a four out of five. I wouldn't call it a perfect execution of the release because, as you said, some people did have some issues. You might chalk that up to the coronavirus pandemic and uh, the difficulty of reaching some people. But I think four out of five is, is worthy at this point. I agree. We talked a lot about this in the previous episode that the it seemed at least at the time that there were two different things for people to get excited about when it came to both consoles. But we had agreed at the time that perhaps the PlayStation at that point edges it because it had a stronger slate of release games. But how do we stand now from November to March and how good are the games that exist at the moment on the PS5? The PS5 has what's probably still the only real next-gen title, what looks and feels and plays like a next-gen title in the form of Demon's Souls, which is quite ironic considering that it's a remake. But that's really the game that stands out as something that gives you a glimpse of what the new consoles are capable of. Of course, a lot of people have been disappointed when it came to the most anticipated game of 2020, Cyberpunk 2077. And... People were really looking forward to playing the engine or the game itself on the next generation engine. And that didn't happen and it hasn't happened yet. Um, it seemed like that game came and went. It's a game that people waited for uh, four years to play, even longer if you were anticipating the news before that. But um, it seems like there's very little to allow you to experience the next generation uh, of gaming on the PS5 at the moment. But as you said, Demon's Souls does give you a slight edge in that category. So I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5 at the moment. Yeah, I think a 3 out of 5 is a, is a good score. There's definitely some exciting stuff out there, but most of it at the moment is just playing a little bit better, loading a little bit faster, having a little bit of an improved frame rate compared to the previous generation, but nothing super impressive. So let's talk about the Xbox when it comes to the current slate and the launch games. What was the game that you were most looking forward to playing on the Xbox when you received your console? I was most excited actually about playing what's not a new game at all, which is Destiny 2 and the new expansion Beyond Light, which launched at about the same time. And it also coincided with an upgrade of the engine which boosted it to 60 FPS and 4K on the next generation consoles. That was really something that made me feel like I'm playing on a new console. The fact that loading times were so much better, a game that I had been playing for a few years suddenly looked better, had a smoother frame rate, loaded in seconds instead of minutes. So that was a, a transformational experience. Would you say it's fair that the vast majority of Xbox players uh, are excited about uh, games that will come at least in the next six months or a year and there's very little to be excited about at the moment that hasn't been put out on the last generation consoles? 
Definitely. Uh, we have Halo Infinite coming out this year, probably the one everyone is most excited about and a few other exclusives. But for now, it's mostly about playing things that you may not even have played before and now you can play it, but in a better form than was available before. And with so much out there to play, I'm sure we all have a huge backlog of games we have never had the time to play. Now is the best time to go back and, and play some of that and experience it in the best way possible. I think Xbox earns another three out of five in this category as well. Uh, even without having a, a game like Demon's Souls, it's still a huge library to navigate through. Uh, and there's a lot to keep you busy there. Would you agree? I agree. It seems we're agreeing a lot. But again, three out of five, especially with Game Pass as well, which gives you access to that huge library of games. There's may not be that much brand new and exclusive at the moment, but there is more than enough quality games out there to keep you busy for years. So let's get into the last category of judgment now. This is something that the uh, both companies, Sony and Microsoft, has touted as being a huge advantage of getting the new next generation consoles, which is the ease of transition from going from a PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One into the next generation consoles. You've had to experience both of this now. And uh, which would you say does it better? Does the PlayStation 5 allow you to feel a, a smooth transition from the PlayStation 4, or does the Xbox Series X do that better? The Xbox Series X definitely does that better. I'll give it a 5 out of 5 here. And this may even be seen as something not so great if you are out there looking for the brand new experience, the feeling that I've just plugged in a new console, I'm experiencing the next generation. When you switch on the Xbox Series X, it's the exact same interface as as the previous generation, everything looks exactly the same. It's just faster, a bit snappier, but the goal obviously here was continuity and um, it looks looks the same at the same time. It's so easy, everything is on the cloud. You switch on your new console, all your saves are there from your previous console and it's really as if you've just upgraded your console and everything just carries on as it did before. From what I hear from my friends as well who have transitioned from the PlayStation 4 to the PlayStation 5, it's not as smooth as you'd like it to be. Uh, there's a lot of, um, let's say, bug crashes, and it, it, it doesn't carry over everything perfectly. Based on your testimony and based on the general feeling when it comes to people who have used the PlayStation 5, I'm going to give the PlayStation 5 in this instance a 3 out of 5. Uh, would you agree that 3 out of 5 is fair in this instance? Definitely. Um, the PlayStation 5 has a completely new interface, which really does make you feel like this is something new and exciting. But it's not as, as user-friendly at the end of the day as the Xbox is. So if we tally the scores now, the Xbox is the overall winner at this stage. Uh, how do you feel about that, Michael? Somewhat surprised. I think we were expecting the Xbox to take a bit more of a beating simply because of that lack of exclusive launch games, especially when when Halo Infinite was delayed. But it's been a few months now and there haven't been that many new exciting PlayStation exclusives either. Cyberpunk, which was a, a cross-gen title but also available on both consoles, the fact that that turned out not to be an exciting game at the end of the day, which was the one thing that coincided with the next gen on both consoles, which everyone everyone was looking forward to. So I think we're just we're sitting here a few months later, and since there isn't that much exciting exclusive-wise, games-wise on either console, you really 
then start looking at the other factors like availability, like ease of use. And at the moment, the Xbox is just winning, winning out on those. Thank you for listening to that episode. Please let us know if you agree with what we've talked about today and follow us on all the social media channels. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and thenationalnews.com.